0: Hello and welcome to episode 23 of North Point Plus. This is our follow-up podcast for our message on Sunday mornings. We gather together Sunday mornings, uh, hear a message, worship together, spend time with one another, and this podcast just gives us another opportunity to continue doing that, to continue uh, having conversation, asking good questions, uh, and just diving in together. So I'm one of your hosts, Mark Adkins, and today I'm joined by some special guests, uh, Doug and Don Rutledge. Um, Doug, you spoke at North Point. Uh, Technically we're recording right after the message. So thank you for taking time out of your day. Uh, You could be driving back down south and uh, you're here with us, which is great. So we appreciate you guys being here. yeah, it's just so cool. So cool to hear your ministry. And we got a bunch of questions that we'll kind of dive into. have you guys introduce yourselves. Um, we got a bunch of questions about your ministry, so I'm going to start there. Uh, and the first question is kind of funny, uh, asking if I planned that episode 23 of North Point Plus would be with Doug to celebrate 23 years of supporting Crossroads. I did not plan that. Oh, no, M- no, it's in the rider. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's yeah, in my yeah. personal
1: rider, and I'm, I was going to ask where the M&Ms are, because I have like... Only orange m ms in the rider as well. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't plan it, but God planned it. So I, I'm, I'm okay with that.
0: I only do things in 23s, uh, with, so I'm a Michael Jordan fan. Of so, course. Yeah, yeah as, as we all should be. Um, but yeah, 23 years that yeah. North Point has been uh, supporting you guys in your ministry. Um, so talk a little bit. Uh, one of the questions we got to was if you can share the vision and mission, uh, vision and mission of Crossroads Farm Ministry. So I'll leave that to you guys to just kind of explain a little bit of your story and share... <laughs> What God's been doing with your ministry? So I'll give you the quick answer. Uh, we did a
1: 13 part podcast on our history <laughs> up until about five years ago. Wow. So, yeah, 13. And um, so we won't do that here. But uh, <laughs> but what it I can. It is on our website. Okay. I was just going to ask. So if they would like your <clears> shameless self promotion. Great. Sure.
2: Crossroads Farm. Crossroads Plural Farm Singular.org. Great. Like of history. But. The short version, again, to use that same phrase that Doug just used, is that we really desire for every secondary student in the surrounding communities of our rural areas that we plant to have the opportunity to hear the gospel and say yes Mm -hmm. or no to that message. There's 12 million secondary students in rural America, Mm -hmm. the average size church being 50 to 100 is a great need. Uh, We only have three branches, but Lord willing, we can do five before God takes us out. And then the next leaders can go much further, much faster. That's awesome.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, and I
1: would just lean into that and say that... um, that the mission was derived from the need, which is 12 million secondary students, right? Mm. Small churches, um, they're not going to church. That's the reality. Everybody has right. this, this uh, you know, concept that in rural America, everybody goes to church. They, they don't, Mark. Yeah. Uh, um, so Kalkaska County, 17% of the students... Mm. Uh, have any religious affiliation hmm. um, in Harrison? It's about 21, and it's probably about the same for for Hillsdale. Yeah. Uh, so the percentages are far below what they are
2: nationally. And that's a plan. Half not
1: any religious yeah any right, right wow they're not just nuns yeah. these are people who have no religious affiliation at all yeah and um and it's half what the national average is wow
0: so there's a there's a different need in rural America yeah, yeah. no that's great and so with with that ministry is that You know, is that your typical summer camp? Do you guys do stuff year round? Talk a little bit about, you know, the program that you guys have set up and and how that all works. Yeah. On a yearly basis.
2: We are a true outsourced cooperative youth ministry. We don't yeah. need to be a camp. We are not a church. Yeah. And we are really an extension. I would say, I sometimes joke that Crossroads is like a church in a camp had a baby. <laughs> yeah. um, we don't do overnights. So yeah. we are really an outsourced cooperative youth ministry. So we okay. come into an area that we desire to plant in after doing much research and cooperate at least four to five local rural churches. And Great. we are their youth ministry for them.
0: That's awesome. That's so cool. Yep. Um, and then so one of the questions, uh, and you guys can kind of take this however you want, uh, or take this where you want. Um, one of the questions asked, you know, you've seen incredible growth at Crossroads over 20, 20 plus years. What are some of those key principles that have helped you guys as leaders at Crossroads and maybe even to develop? I mean, you talked about how you're not planning to do this for an eternity, right. so the goal would be to develop leaders to take over and work through that. So talk a little bit about you know, what are those key principles that you have had to foster and develop at Crossroads?
1: Well, Dawn's favorite expression, so I should probably let her explain what keeps you in something 23 years. That yeah. That's critical. Yeah. I'll jump to uh, the other end of it. So our focus was on training volunteers to do the work of youth ministers. Mm. Um, that was really it. So we have a four-year repeating cycle of training. It's called sure. the Arms of a Servant Leader. It's learnable. Um, and every, in fact, tomorrow night, we'll be going through... Um, One of our arms trainings in mind. So mind Mm. is the third. Um, And it's the repetition that bears fruit. You don't just plant a seed till the soil once you, you have to continually do it. Yeah. And, in doing that, you establish cultures, and so we talk quite a bit about establishing cultures. So cultures of worship, which were non-existent when we when yeah. we first arrived, cultures of listening um, to God's word was a non. Uh, it, w- it was different, yeah. And so um, we feed into those cultures through repetition. I would say that you know we have all kinds of pillars that we build on, but sure, um, we've been built on the concept of. Uh, prayer-sustaining, and God has literally done miracle after miracle after miracle. So there's not—it'd be great if I could take credit, or if we could take—maybe it wouldn't be great, right? (laughs) Um, But, you know, to to say there's something that we do that replicates ourselves, we're trying, and we are very specific and um, very—yeah, we're deliberate about it. Yeah. But I can't give credit to our efforts, yep. I have to say God wanted us working in rural ministries, yeah. and so the 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 power of prayer is critical, yeah, hugely critical, and it's part of what the team does every day. Yeah, yeah, I love that.
2: The question asked about leadership principles, and there's 50 million books about leadership principles, <laughs> so it would be right. redundant. But um, mission, vision, and values is a is a huge part. It's the center of all of our training. Yeah. But you don't get that right away. Right. So right. the key principle that we've learned is learn how to fight really well mm. um, and hang on. So that long obedience in one direction. Yeah. Uh, it's often said that you overestimate what you can do in a year and you yeah. under, un, uh, underestimate what you can do in five. Yeah. And so we have yeah. repeated now five years over and over, and we just <laughs> um, that long obedience in one direction is really critical. Yeah. I th-
1: I think that learning to fight well, you know, in yeah. love. Uh, because I do we're think not just with each other. right, no, no. <laughs> yeah. <Although good> fighters. <laughs> of I course, do think of you of have course. to. We are good. We're yeah, we're good. <laughs> um, so, uh, developing that grid that you shake everything through. Yeah, that's as much about exegeting the culture that you're in as anything else. We're missionaries, like any missionary. Yeah. So we're in a field called rural American teen, and that's specific. It's yeah. rural, remote areas that don't have the same kind of resources generally, and so. Mm. For us, we had to understand what all the repercussions of that culture was. Right, Dawn understood it. She grew up in it. But sometimes um, somebody who has natural understanding of it yeah. has maybe even a harder time fleshing it out for other people to understand. Sure, sure. So exegeting the culture was help, helpful. It, it, In order to last 23 years, yeah. you have to survive the first five to 10. Yeah, and. <laughs> Twenty to twenty, and you are you're you're right. You're, you're grinding it out. You're defining who you are.
2: It's such a fine line yeah. between God doesn't need us to do this ministry. Right. Yeah. So right. the interesting thing is how when you when you're all into something, you're all in. Right. And God's desire is to make you look like Him. Mm. And I don't know how that works when He desires for an individual to look like Him, but then it impacts. Mm. Hundreds of thousands of kids. Right, and I understand that. So it's super, super humbling. Yeah, I'm um, learning where the yeses and no's are. Right, and being able to stick to that, uh, it's learning. It's yeah, humility.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I if I can just stay on this for another second. Yeah, please. Because one of the cool things about leadership is that the the goal of the leader isn't just to be a better leader; it's to create a better following culture. Mm. So for us. Um, you know, everybody asks, "What's your what's your succession plan?" You know, how do you how do you get rid of yourself? And I'm like, "Well, that's simple. That's going to happen naturally enough." <laughs> yeah. But what we've discovered is that um, just by staying consistent, you know, keeping I, I talk about this all the time. Our objective was to was to turn a ship, hmm. and then to maintain the course of the ship. We knew yep. that this was going to be larger than a small youth group in one small town. Right. And so once the ship was turned. It became our objective to stay entirely on on a straight line. Yeah. because um, you're surrounded You're surrounded by, you're surrounded by all kinds of stuff, stuff right? Like, hey, we
2: could do this, we could do this. Yep, yep we absolutely could. every right. conference yeah, has a different take. And else will come. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yep. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. I think the the key point that stood out to me from that is you can have as many great principles as you want, you can em- employ as many great leaders and put into practice all this great stuff. And at the end of the day, God is the one driving the ministry. Right. Um, And so that's, yeah, that's so cool. And I think it's a, it's actually a good segue to what we talked about today. So Doug, you spoke today about basically emotions and the the importance of guarding our heart and Mm -hmm. how emotions can just kind of run amok with that. Um, And I think. Over the, I, maybe i'm maybe I'm speaking for you and I shouldn't be, but I would assume over the course of twenty three years of ministry, there are some emotions tied to that, and there are some very low points and probably some really really high points um, and if you're If you're driving your ministry based on what you feel like that day, maybe crossroads doesn't exist after that day oh yeah uh, and so the importance of guarding our heart is uh, it's just cool to, to tie that into what we see in God's word and how it's always relevant.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if Don wants to speak to that. Um, so I, I'll
2: just jump in really quick because it's, it's not really outline contingent. But one of the prayers that we had as a couple in following this mission is yeah. that God would use everything that we have, every day that we live, for the rest of our lives. Hmm. And that's passionate and sounds admirable. Yep. Um, but our hearts are emotional, and yep. although we have a big fight facet to our <laughs> lives, which we've <laughs> talked about before, yeah. Um, it's that creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Yeah. Not in Proverbs, but that is um, another heart verse that we have to have that all the time. Yeah. Because you give me 30 seconds or one second, and I'm going to sin. My heart's not, motivation's not going to be stayed correct. Yeah. So this created me a clean heart, renew a right spirit. Yeah. Then I can apply the principles that Doug was sharing today.
1: Yeah. Love that. Yeah. The emotions. um, I mean, anyone who knows me knows that I am fairly emotional, but I'm not necessarily emotionally connected. Sure. So I have all kinds of reactions. (laughs) Right. they're instantaneous and I tell my staff just be aware every first take is hot yeah like every first take I have in my entire life is hot hmm. if you don't want the hot take <laughs> write me an email and come in in three days and I'll be balanced right <laughs> right and I think that that's true and it's the same in <clears throat> ministry um it was uh, some of this is learning who you are as a leader I, I have a hot take I think dawn has has kind of a, an equally hot take and so you know to go home and say this just happened sometimes we're like well we're the only people sitting here and <laughs> i guess we're i guess we're gonna have the discussion yeah um knowing when to not speak into something and how to wait mm. for god to speak into it yeah and that's been the amazing part that god speaks into these things all the time so yeah um the sermon was right up my alley convicted <laughs> me on just about every Yep, condition.
0: that's that's usually how God works, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, in the in in the interest of diving into some questions, we got a ton of questions today. So, thank you for submitting questions. Um, I want to be sensitive to your guys' time <clears throat> and just kind of work through some of the questions that people had about um, this message. So, to recap, we talked about Proverbs four. Um, above all else, guard your heart, uh, and really emphasizing that this is a primary directive right that solomon is observing guard your heart above all else um for from the heart all things flow which is really insightful and it's really easy to know yeah. and it's hard to live out yeah. um <clears throat> but i'll answer this question for you because i i think it's obvious as a speaker i think i understand um someone asked did you have to cut your outline short was there more that you wanted to say and i think as a speaker there's probably always more <laughs> that you can want to say. Like so. half the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> really, <laughs> half the sermon is always missing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm scrolling. I'm like, uh,
1: so <laughs> .3, I never really got to... Um, she asked what it was, or I, I assumed a she, maybe it's a he, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to assume, but it says emotions are hard to correct. That was one of the points. You know, once I have an emotion on something, yeah. it's hard to correct it. So guarding my heart sometimes means not allowing myself that first emotional take. Right. That's That takes tremendous maturity to not have yes. that take. Yes. Uh, and the second one was there's a heart shield. It is. Uh, that's the passage that i referenced so deuteronomy 36 says that mm. god will circumcise our hearts which means he will cut away mm. the stuff we don't need and um and then it says so you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul mm. and live mm. and um y- yeah when i thought of those things i thought this would be great to be able to speak into but yeah uh you know,
0: I mean, the audience time. where they were at the time,
1: and <laughs> I, I think that that God does that, in, yeah. a, in a sermon. So, yep,
0: yeah, I think we just talked about it recently on this podcast, actually, that. I I was convicted at one point because I was was having conversations with people and thinking about like, oh, I I just need to share this one Bible verse and then it will unlock something with them. Or, oh, I forgot to share this theological truth or whatever it might be. And I remember the Holy Spirit speaking and asking me like, do you think you're a better teacher than I am? (laughs) (laughs) And my heart was like, I think I do, (laughs) which is bad. right Um, So, yeah, even though half of your original outline might not have been told, the Holy Spirit still works, um, which is great. Chooses,
1: and that's where I I think the Holy Spirit chooses the parts of the outline. If you're sensitive to the Spirit coming, I, you know, I'm not saying there was an audible voice at any point, right? But I'm saying if you're sensitive, God guides that sermon experience. It's, a diff- it's different than public speaking. Right. It's walking in step with the Spirit according to the Word and the yeah. study and you know all that, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, always there is more. <laughs> always. Yes. Um, well,
0: one of the things you mentioned toward the end, one of the things that kind of uh, got uh, hit on the cutting room floor was this uh, talking about heart, mind, spirit, body. Uh, and so that's one of the questions we got is uh, which do you think is more important? Your heart, mind, spirit, or body. We are called to love God with all of that, all of our heart, all of our soul, mind strength um, is one of those greater than the others in that list well so
1: so Jesus added one <laughs> <laughs> but heart I think is at the beginning of all of the lists yeah and again coming back to the passage this this morning above all else like yeah. this th- my life reacts at a heart level yeah and I think that it's you know and out of that my tongue speaks. Mm. And I can't control my tongue, so <laughs> right. I, I think that that's what I would say. They're all critical. Yeah, an informed mind. Uh, I, well, excuse me, a heart that informs the is informed by the mind. Yeah, is able to react more in order with God's will. Yep. But. Um, the heart comes first. Yeah, and it does. It always reacts first.
0: Yeah, you know it does. And I, yeah, it's it's funny. I was just having a conversation with someone out in the lobby, um, talking about how there's. This is what I think it comes down to for me is there's a difference. This is what the person said. So I'm not taking credit for it, Dan. You take credit for it. Um, <laughs> there's a difference between believing that something happened mm-hmm. and believing in. Something. And that's what we see with our relationship with Jesus is that, you know, if I if I'm invested with Jesus in my mind, I can believe a lot of things that Jesus did. Yep. But I might not believe in Jesus. That's the deconstruction question. Yes. Yeah. And that comes to the heart. And that's driven by so much, there is a lot of emotion in that. And that's where, I'm I'm so glad we're having this discussion because I think, especially in church, the conversation around emotion typically is suppress it. Emotions are bad. We shouldn't have emotions. Christians should be emotionless (laughs) and only think with our minds and our hearts are just kind of there to support it. And that's not really what we see in the Bible. But there is a lot of care and discernment that goes into our emotions, which I think is important. Well, generationally, you know, prior generations have been taught to prove it to you.
1: Mm. So the way we studied the Bible, the way we responded to issues was I would prove it to you. I'd build a case study, yep. you know, and then I'd, I'd roll that out and I'd say, yep. hey, your mind is convinced, you know what you're... <laughs> but we're seeing generations who are saying, I don't feel it though. And yeah. feeling matters. And I think we've got to acknowledge and step into that.
0: Right.
2: Well, that's even one of the questions about what are, what are, what are the steps towards that feeling yeah. if your heart is in a wrong space. Yeah. Yes. And it's not always a step, like, here's a list, if I follow right. them, I'm going to be fine. Yep. It's allowing allowing yourself to trust God yeah. and recognizing that process. Not that there's not disciplines that you yeah. put into place. Right. I think that's practical and wise to have the disciplines that, um, whether it's confession or the things that you reference today that you can do to restore your mind. Yeah. But that trust in Jesus Christ for the process is ultimately what it's going to be. I, yeah. I
1: don't know if we're segueing here or not, but I think I saw... A, a, it is one of the questions, you know, as we look at deconstruction, mm-hmm. it always comes down to that heart issue that, you know, that pops up. Yep. Um, and I w- I will just say the practical example of what I had to do, because no thinking human being ever lives their faith without having some doubt. Doubt's not the enemy. right? Doubt is actually a catalyst for increasing my faith. Right. And, um, and I love that concept. Um, both times recently... When I had those questions again, I went away sabbatical. Now, not everybody has that opportunity, but I would say that's a that's something that we have to learn to to get away. Right. And God revealed Himself through Scripture the first time, which was you know I was reading through Isaiah. Yeah. I was uh, that was a younger moment in my in my life. Yeah. And I, I just said, okay, so is Jesus really who He said He was? Not mm. not just buying into the C.S. Lewis argument, but right. did, the, did the Hebrew people expect the Messiah hmm. to be the son of the living God? Right. And I just read through Isaiah. By chapter 11, I was convinced. By chapter 14, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. There was no question, yeah. because Isaiah was calling him God. Hmm. And it it runs all the way through, and by the time you get to chapter 40, you're like, okay, okay. <clears> yeah, I going get it. On. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, right, right. Um, the second time was just prayer. Yeah. And in that prayer time... God asked me a question again not an audible voice but a really specific voice that said you don't believe I've ever forgiven you. Mm. And at that point I was uh, my my entire mm. faith pivoted on a couple of moments. Yeah. But they're so rich I always am leaning back into them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's it's so crucial to emphasize that over and over again that Doubt and even I, I heard some, I heard a Bible teacher put it this way that deconstructing in and of itself is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. The problem is how you reconstruct. <clears throat> and if you're just if you stay deconstructed, that's obviously not where you want to stay. And if you reconstruct without a good mentor or manual or of how to build the example that uh, this person used was, you know, if you take apart a Lego set and you put it yeah. back together without the instructions, it might look a lot different than the instruction manual told of how to put things back together. And that's, that's, I think the biggest thing because Christians so often we tell ourselves like, Oh, if I doubt, maybe I'm not a Christian mm-hmm. or if I, if I'm vulnerable about sharing that I'm having these questions and I'm not sure where to go, then people might think that I'm not a Christian and what do I do with that? And that I think is, is so important to share. Like there's been so many moments in my life, even in the last year where God will confirm something and it's like, oh my gosh, like it, it you almost had the thought, like I, it feels like I was barely even a Christian before. Right, <laughs> because right. Because now that I know this truth in my emotion, in my heart, in my core of who I am, man, like how I was living before, barely even understanding this truth is like a totally different person.
1: Yeah. I think Don, Dawn, Dawn's experience was, is different than mine mm. in terms of doubt and, and faith. But
2: I'm not for sure where you're going to go, but I wanted to address a little bit of a different demographic that may be listening, because Doug reference yeah. getting away, um, having that time to be quiet. And if you're a teenager or a young mom, yeah. um, that can be more challenging. It doesn't have to be a long duration, but the opportunity to hear God's still small voice. Mm. If you're a young mom, it might be sitting in the middle of your floor, covering your head with a blanket and saying, I need mom time for five minutes, and right. asking God to speak to you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is a question that we get to ask God. God, I, I need you to restore my heart. Mm. Please do it, and then sit there and quiet. If you're younger, get put technology away for a little while, yeah. far from you in proximity, yeah. and give yourself time to hear God's Word. I, um, yeah. And that doesn't yeah. have to be, I get to go away on a sabbatical for even a weekend or a right. day. Maybe right. you have five minutes, but use that to allow God to speak to yeah. you.
1: Churches do allow that for teenagers, particularly, though, in terms of winter retreats or summer events at camp or whatever. And I, I'm, I'm a believer yeah. that these... Extended times, even if it's just for a weekend, where a student can move away and can experience the voice of God in a different way is life giving. And, you know, we've come to the point where we're like, "Uh, I don't know. I don't know if these things work. And I'm going to tell you man they're critical yep
0: yeah i would i would echo that even so in my own in my own life in my own experience i consider myself an intellectual and grew up and was kind of raised myself in the mentality of like emotions are bad i don't i don't experience emotions i'm rational um but of course i experience emotions because i'm a human being um and i fall into that mindset of like well i don't like i don't what's the difference between me just spending 5 minutes at home versus me going out in the woods like i'll just spend 5 minutes at home wrap it up really quick but man like god often in my life has waited to r- reveal something or to 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 change my heart to work on my heart for those moments where it's on a retreat right. where it's where i'm fasting where it's i've spent time alone i've really invested in that moment. And yeah, like for someone that is very intellectual, it really does help to find a quiet space to take the time to go out of your normal routine and meet God in that place. It, yeah. It's It can be life changing, which is a good thing. All right, Um, one of the questions we got um, was about uh, how does a person store up the good things and not the evil things? So I think this was in reference to, there was a part of your message where we talked about, I think it was from Luke or maybe with Matthew, reading about, you know, good flows from good people, right. evil flows from evil people. Yep. So how do I store up the good and not the evil? Mm. <laughs> uh,
1: so my answer is this, you start with the good and you start at the beginning of the day. Mm. We are so distracted as a people group, and I. So one of Dawn's and my life habits since we've been married, we get up and the the critical twenty minutes of our day, and not everybody has that. Yeah, but we could sleep the extra twenty minutes too. Mm. You know, I know that um, that one of our directors gets up an hour and a half early because he wants to set his sight on on God. Mm. We spend uh, time in God's word together. We mm. pray together over the, you know, the events of the day. We start with the mindset because the rest of the day, CS Lewis said, comes rushing at you like like a herd of wild animals. Mm. And I don't know how I'm going to respond to those if I'm waiting for those to happen to me. Then I'm just reacting. <laughs> you know, now. Right. and I know what my reactions are going to be. <laughs> yeah. So I begin to store up scripture. I begin to st- I begin to deliberately store up Uh, worship and praise. And I'm not saying you have to be a fan of Christian radio or anything like that, but I am saying that we have to get to a place where I put my mind in the right place. Mm. And then I ask God, that's the key. I ask God, God, show me what I should be thankful for today. Mm. Lord, show me the things that are your hand. Lord, you know, let me be happy. Just something simple like that. Let me be. Let me have your joy for no apparent reason. Yeah, yeah, love that. That's uh, Dawn's disciplines coming into our
0: marriage when we got (laughs) married. It was great. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest thing that we. Again, as as an intellectual, my mind goes to like, well, I already know. I know the truths of God, so I can just start my day um, because I already know the truths of God. I already know the promises of God. I'll just see what comes at my day. <laughs> um, and that often gets you into trouble because you end up having that emotional response, the hot take, you bite someone's head off because something happened rather than having, you know, a recent interaction with God. Um, it's just, I mean, if you think about any, any other relationship in your life, if I were to do that with my wife or it's like, I've already talked to my wife before, I don't need to talk to her today. Right. <laughs> like, right. Of course, I'm going to slowly the evil in that relationship will start to creep up more than the good in that relationship, because I haven't really cultivated that relationship.
1: There's a segue in, in the um, in the passages. So I love this, that the peace of God that transcends mm. understanding, this is really, really critical. That guards my heart and my mind. That's mm. the passage, right? So the peace of, of God. And I come back to that, how do I obtain peace? Mm. And the answer is, um, I, well, Scripture again says... I will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me, Mm -hmm. and I have to put my head on him and just keep it there. The second, and I really mean the second I'm distracted, and it can be in ministry, it can be in any world. The second I take my mind off of him, I'm not in peace, I'm at war Mm. because I'm not thinking his thoughts. Mm. And man, I'll tell you, it all comes
2: apart after that,
1: and it does. And then it's just... Then it's just a, you know, a toboggan, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great.
2: It's interesting that you keep bringing up the word mind, and this is supposed to be about heart, <laughs> um, but it just shows how much they how much they work together. Because it's really is has my heart been open to Jesus Christ, and I've, have I received yeah. him? Because it's from there that the peace comes, and then it can connect to my mind. Oh yeah. And it really does enter through the heart, but so often from there it can. There's many different ways that it can go. Yeah, um, I know in my own personal life I like to. All of us have to get out of bed in some fashion. If we get out <laughs> of bed with our feet or into a wheelchair or whatever it is, there's a there's a transference from I've reclined to I've gotten up. Right. And um, one of my disciplines is I say good morning, Lord, with my first two feet hitting mm. the ground. Um, every single day hmm. because something has to catch up. As soon as I do that, I'm immediately rushed with yeah. this day is too much or I'm upset or yeah. this is good or I'm excited, whatever it might be. Yeah. But it allows me to recognize that God's in control yeah. and that really helps my heart. Then the second thing is usually I say, I try to tell Doug I love him in case we decide to <laughs> not do well <laughs> 10 minutes later. <laughs> Have one of those fights.
0: <laughs> yeah. it's so. I think that's such a great perspective of, of humbly approaching the morning, knowing that God still speaks. God still needs to speak. I, th- I think of John Piper is uh, is a, a well known preacher, and he has shared that uh, every night before he goes to bed, <clears throat> and every morning he wakes up and says, "God, make me a Christian today." Um, and John Piper is a Christian, yeah. And so he's he has shared like the I, the reason I pray that prayer is because I know that my strength to even be a Christian. Comes from God, and I don't want to rely on my own strength in any of that. So I think having that humble approach to the morning of God—what do you have for me today? What what does your Word have for me today? Even if it's just to praise you and glorify you, great. And if there's other if there's other insights and other things you can you can bring to me, that's great as well. But yeah, I think having that humble approach um, and taking it daily mm-hmm. is really important. So that's great. I, so. Can I jump back to this question? Yeah, I, I mean,
1: I I love all of this, but my heart just goes to this. This will sound like a sixteen year old, and I wondered if it was <laughs> not because it sounds like a sixteen year old. Yeah, but um, I, you know, I don't know if we can do that <laughs> that question. But it said, you know, heartbroken for the first time type of question. But what are the practical steps to take to let God heal our hurt, hmm. our jaded, fearful hearts? Yeah. Um. When I read that, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Um, I think first of all, giving yourself permission to be hurt. Yep. Um, God is the friend of the broken heart. Mm. And he, mm. he hears that. He's always heard that. Yeah. You know, from the from the woman with the issue of blood to the yeah. the, the blind guy to the lame guy to the dead kid. I mean, you know, just go right. down the list, right? right? To the dead kid. <laughs> you know, his heart always goes out to those hopeless hurt hurt right. situations. And um, you start rebuilding based on the fact that you continue to do the things you've done. Understand who God is. Mm. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. Yep. And this may, this may work out for good mm. to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Maybe. Right? I think there's Maybe a promise there's about a, that. And there is I a promise. though. So. <laughs> but that doesn't mean it works out for me. It works out for God's will. Right. And I... You know, I think, um, I don't want to sound callous, sometimes we indulge our own feelings mm. and it becomes self-detrimental. Mm. Um, we used to tell our kids, yeah, suck it up. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> you just say, like, suck it up. and But that's that sounds callous because wounded hearts are real. Yes. And yep. a 16-year-old's wounded heart is not less... Than a fifty-year-old wounded heart.
0: Right. Well, that's yeah. That's part of what I wanted to say too. Is to to speak to this question. You know, they said this might sound like a year old heart, sixteen-year-old heartbroken for the first time, and I thought back to like just the pain that I've experienced again in the last year. Like, the the hard thing about hurt is it never stops hurting. Right. <laughs> hurt always hurts. Yeah. So whether you're sixteen or sixty or ninety-six, wherever you might be, like if you're heartbroken or you're you've lost a job, you've lost a family member, you've experienced tragedy, hurt always hurts, um, and that's uh, one of the things Chris, uh, one of our pastors here, always says is that Jesus hurts with you, yeah. that you don't have a, a, a Savior that's just kind of distant, and like, oh, well, I'll fix it one day, but tough it up.
2: <laughs> or when you apply these principles, then it's going to be okay. Guys. Right. He's in, he's in it. Right. The, the with is extremely important. Yes.
0: Yep.
1: And, and just for the record, some of the greatest hurts in life are teenage hurts. Mm-hmm. Some of the some of the deepest wounds they shape the rest of our lives. Yeah. Um, So it doesn't matter when the hurt happened or how you know we just have to learn that God is in it. Yeah. And the things that help me rebuild is I stand on the promises of God. This sounds like Sunday school, right? <laughs> I I read His Word. Yeah. Uh, you know I'd avoid Leviticus, but <laughs> at that point, <laughs> but, uh, um, you know that's I think that's where we are. It's yeah. Just, we keep on understanding who God is. Yeah. And yeah. Um, He comes into that. That's
0: great. I love that. All right. Um, Two more questions. With today's pervasive culture, how do we guard our hearts? It seems that those who stand apart from culture are vilified by other churches and those who don't end up compromising the gospel. And so I think this is something we've seen. I mean, uh, take a look at the church just put it back to 2020 where someone takes a stance on something and there's this flood of churches that just end up vilifying that person and yeah. someone in this church takes a stance and all of these churches vilify that person so how do we guard our hearts and stand by the gospel when it seems like everything in culture wants us to just fight and give into that hot take right soundbite this is cheryl's i mean cheryl's
1: yeah what I was saying is uh Christians are under attack, no question our culture hates us mm. and I think we have to stop and I'm not stealing from anything but uh, I'm looking forward to reading it I think that the world hates us because we stand in opposition to everything they've they've built as a uh you know as a coping mechanism. Mm. There is no coping mechanism without Christ that really mm. effectively works. Yeah. And so what you end up doing is you build your life on these coping mechanisms and we're all broken and fractured. Mm. And nobody wants somebody to tell them you you picked the wrong ones mm. because now it, it's an identifier that it's broken. Mm. I think the response to this at some level is we don't compromise and and we stand out like Daniel. Yeah. In fact, in our non compromise they can't deny there's a difference. Mm. So that's where I was going. You know, the, uh, the research demonstrates that Christians in the workplace are, and I, w- I won't give all this stuff, yeah. but there's evidence that believers who are wholly devoted followers of Jesus Christ live a higher-planed lifestyle than anyone else. Mm. In sickness, health, poverty, wealth, doesn't matter. Um, they are just living better. Mm. You know, in spite of the externals. Yeah. So my, I think my first question is you can't afford to compromise right? because that's what sets us apart. That's what mm. sets the standard for other people looking at us and saying, huh, I, I want that. Yeah.
2: I'm not for sure where the person is wanting this question to go. <laughs> right, because the right, other right. side of that is the, um, within the body, yeah. what do you do? Right, and um, I think that's a whole another side of it. And I just keep having it play in my head to defer to one another in love, mm. and defer is not compromise either. Mm. So it's just recognizing that they're at a different place or a different part of life than perhaps you are, or yeah. maybe they're a different understanding of who Jesus Christ is. Yeah. I know that my answers today are very different than my answers were at sixteen; that were different than my answers at three. Right, and they all meet maybe in a progression of. Becoming like Christ, mm. and so that deference um, to defer to one another, um, I do have a lot of personal choice. But as part of the body of Christ, right. all I have to guide me is that right. it's unity. <clears throat> right. Yeah. That's where the tension. Yes.
0: Comes. Yes. Yeah. And recognizing unity isn't uniformity. Mm-hmm. Right. There's going to be there's going to be conflict. There's going to be friction. And I think yeah, I always go to the passage in Romans. That you know, everyone everyone's brought up. Uh, I think it's Romans fourteen that talks about your weaker the weaker brother. How do you deal with the weaker brother that mm-hmm. that values the Sabbath more than you or whatever it might be? Um, and what I have always found fascinating and convicting for me about that passage is Paul is telling us to love that person and to be overjoyed to meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. And so often what we find in today's day and age is you know, you know, Doug and I disagree on something, and I no longer meet Doug with joy over the issue. Right. Now my job is to change your mind and to just bombard you with Bible verses or whatever it might right. be.
2: Or stop following you. Yeah.
0: yeah, right. cut right. you out of my life, it's, right. just, it's too much. Well, the so. political world, right? Uh, right. And I'm not making
1: any political statement, I'm just yeah. saying we're at war politically and we're at war morally in our churches mm. because, we, because we wanna be right. Right. And so, you know, some real practical answers to this are, well, is it eternal? Is this issue eternal? Mm. Like, is this going, Is am I going to lose my salvation over it is a really interesting way to say it, right? Yeah. Because there are some things that you'd say, ah, this is big enough. Right. That we probably need to address it in love. Mm. That's not the same as an argument where I prove that I'm right. Again, trotting out the argument, right? Right, right. So, you know, is it eternal and is it a non-negotiable? Mm. Is it really?
0: Right. Because sometimes
1: we argue over stuff that's just right. dumb. And
0: it's not, having that stance doesn't diminish right. the view of either person. Right. Right. It's just it, it properly prioritizes it. I, I had a pastor who used to say we have to triage our views where some of these are really big emergencies yeah. that need to be taken care of immediately. And yeah. some of them can sit in the emergency room for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't have to be dealt with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a great perspective. And I think that goes back to our discussion on emotions, too, where if you ju- if you have that discussion in the heat of the moment, in the height of your emotions, you can end up not approaching your weaker brother in love because you're so focused on getting your hot take out. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We live in a in a controversial era where everybody has a take on everything.
0: Yeah.
2: And I think going back to even just the the God with us part, mm. it can be very lonely. Yeah. If you're feeling vilified or if somebody else is, it can be a very lonely place to be. Yep. And that's where that heart to come back to the heart heart relationship with jesus christ and we have to be with him we have to be willing to cast all our cares on him because he cares for us yeah because maybe the world around us does not feel like it's caring right now or somebody in our school or somebody in our church right it's got to go to god yeah
0: that's so important Mm -hmm. great well the last question we have uh we've we've talked about it a little bit but you mentioned in your message about deconstruction Um, And the importance that we talked about, the importance of deconstruction is reconstruction and how you do that. Uh, But this question asks, which I think is a great question to end on, what can the Big C, the capital C Church, do to be the forefront of construction or or of reconstruction for family, church, in a time where deconstruction is just the cool thing to do? You're going to hate my answer. (laughs) I mean, I think maybe I
1: I, I like it. Maybe okay, I'll, maybe, I'll, I'll maybe, let maybe you know. Well. I'll be I'll be brutally honest. <laughs> All right, here we go. So the uh, this is my answer. This is uh, you know hopefully God speaking through me, but I I don't know that. What I'll say is it's not the church's job. Mm. What the church is uh, is supposed to do is proclaim truth mm. and love through it. And I think that that's where we get this break. If I ask a certain question, yeah, I, I'm vilified again, right? Right. So I can't, you know, whether it's a six day creation or a million year creation, <laughs> right. or whether I went to the ark you know in Kentucky or whatever. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, all of this becomes fodder for argument and deconstruction. Yeah. Right. If I disagree, then then I ignore the greater truth. Right. And I think the answer is. Look, once you've wrestled with who Jesus is and mm-hmm. you are experiencing Jesus, everything you say, you know, is a, is a, it's a straw man. Yeah. A- every question you have. Yeah. And, you know, even the more prominent deconstructions have not been able to deal with the question. You knew that Jesus was there. Mm. Who moved? Do you think it was him or do you think it's you? Mm you know, what's changed in your life because it didn't change in his. Mm. And I think allowing God's people word to word is
2: not change, but it's talking yeah. about the teaching of the church. Yeah. Is the church teaching God's word.
1: Right. Yeah. It's leaning into God's word, the truths we know, understanding I don't understand God. Let's mm. face facts. You read through Jeremiah, God <laughs> makes some pretty good threats that are like, Whoa, I can't believe he said that with children in the room. <laughs> right. 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 And and you're like, I don't know what he was doing here. Yeah, yeah. I don't. He's God. Yeah. Does the science bear it out? Who cares? Hmm. I mean, science has changed so many times. If we're practicing the science we were practicing 300 years ago, (laughs) I mean, we'd we'd, be in trouble. It'd be ridiculous, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I keep on saying, humanity, humans are are doing two things. Yeah. they are trying to solve ageless questions yeah. with their own wisdom, which is not ageless. Mm. That's the first thing they're trying to do. Yeah. And then the second thing is they buy their own answers, which is a real problem, <laughs> right? You know, right? I can't heal my own marriage because mm. I'm too close to it. Mm. And so I think that we, we I, I believe we create spaces to ask the questions. Yep. And instead of trying to answer it, <clears throat> say, wow, that was a good question. Mm. I don't know that I have an answer. I know the God who does mm. and I come back to that I think the second part of this is we don't pray enough Yeah, and that sounds superficial it sounds like oh you know that's just a, thoughts uh, just, and prayers Yeah. and what does <laughs> God, God what does God God resides in those prayers and yeah. he's waiting to answer mm. not always the way I want right again I'm not God yeah yeah
0: anything to add to that no
2: <laughs> just that Prayer is from the heart, yeah. but it is also a discipline. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I guess I would in- offer encouragement in that yeah. too. That it. Yeah. That it, that is the answer, but you you still have to do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's 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 really insightful, and you mentioned it in your message, uh, and you reiterated it here again, Doug. That deconstructing is an emotional problem. Yeah, and we we tend to justify that with rational thinking. Well, sure. you know, I have this problem with God because of you know the problem of evil or suffering or the church's views on whatever it might be. Right, right. Um, but ultimately, that drives down to a heart issue, and so when they bring up those rational issues, if all we do is just answer the question, well, that's not the that's not addressing the actual problem that yeah. they have. Yeah. Um. So having church be that space that is focused on the heart issue, and it's again, it's not to dismiss or cheapen the rational, logical importance of our mind and answering mm-hmm. questions, but also driving it. You could answer all the questions in the world, and it goes back to what we talked about earlier. Do you believe that these things happen, or do you believe in the person of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ? And that is key. You know,
1: I, I think that um, it was a segue thought for me, so I might lose it completely in the, in the translation, but I think that one of the cool things about deconstruction is it opens doors to mm. legitimate questions, yeah, and I don't I think we've got to stop defending our past answers, yeah, and stop defending our traditions that may have actually created a problem mm. because he, the church by and large, has done some really bad things in the name of Christ that were not in Christ's name, right. And I, I think, you know, allowing people to say, I see a problem with this. What's what's wrong with this? I, I think we can acknowledge that. Like nobody's yep. defending the Inquisition anymore. Right? <laughs> right. Nobody's no, the Salem witch trials. Nobody's going, right. Yeah, but they had a really good point, right? They had, they had a good heart in it. <laughs> they, right. I think nobody's <laughs> defending those things. And so we gotta stop defending the traditions yeah. and and the things that really were just our, our answers for their for their time. Mm because Christ is timeless. Yeah. He'll he'll it's like I said in the sermon. He we've done this before. He's survived a couple of deconstructions. Yes, he's made it this far. He'll probably
0: be okay <laughs> in this one too. Right. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um well this has been great. That's all the questions that we have. Um is there anything that you guys want to leave with the viewers or listeners? Any yeah. final word? Dig in. Like yeah. dive in. Yeah. All all the way. Yeah. Um,
1: be a helper. Like, mm-hmm. and this sounds really funny, but serve. Mm. Like, minister. Mm. You'll see God more in ministry than you will sitting at home. Yeah. And, and I think that's some of that deconstruction, too. I get an yeah. opportunity to see God move, mm. and there's no other explanation. Yeah. So, yeah, just dig in. Keep on doing it. I love, love it. this. This is great.
2: Yeah. The only other thing, and I, it's such a such a big conversation, so thank you for allowing us to oh, yeah. engage in the beginning yeah. of it. But in the guard your heart, sometimes it's difficult to allow others to walk in the journey with you mm. because um, yeah. you want to do these things or ask these questions and do it between just you and God. Yeah. And I guess my challenge to listeners, and it's the challenge to myself, is to not be afraid to invite somebody else to join you in this yeah. process. Um, there's some... Pretty amazing power there.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah. The enemy wants you to be alone and stay isolated. Yep. And that's that's just not how the church is built. So that's a great word. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Doug and Don, for Thanks your time, for, for your ministry. We are just so excited to continue partnering with you guys and, and see what God's going to continue to do. So yeah. thank you again for your time. Thank you all for tuning in, for submitting questions. Uh, be sure to do uh, to do all the good social media stuff. Like, share, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff, and keep the conversation going. And we will see you next week.